electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be with my friends. I'm just trying to make some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach and put it in perspective. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Today's rally is not about Washington or about earnings or the supply chain. It's about COVID, specifically the end of COVID tyranny. Merck may actually have beaten the pandemic. They just announced some tremendous data on a pill that can crush the virus. And that's why the Dow roared 483 points. The S&P surged 1.15%. And then as that gained 0.82%, a little more muted there, filled with technology. Merck's drug isn't a panacea, but it can cut the risk of hospitalization or death by 50%. And that's terrific. More importantly, though, this morning on Squawk on the Street, we interviewed Wayne and Wendy Holman of Ridgeback Biotherapeutics, who initially licensed the drug from researchers at Emory University. They told us that if you take this pill right after you test positive, you're practically guaranteed to beat the thing. At the very least, you likely won't have any symptoms. Can you imagine? You test and take. Merck and their partners at Ridgeback Biotherapeutics can maybe produce 10 million doses this year. No wonder the stock soared more than 8%. No wonder the whole market went up. Obviously, this is a much bigger than a couple of drug companies. COVID has been crushing our economy. Now, here's something to think about. We've got 10 million missing people. 10 million people missing from the workforce. Why? Because they're afraid to go back to work. And can you blame them? Unfortunately, this endless absenteeism has done a real number on our economy. Most companies don't like to talk about it. But FedEx, which had a very tough quarter, gave us a stark example of what's really happening in America on their conference call. They talked about how their Portland hub, a big one, is running with only 65% of its staff. They didn't specifically blame COVID, but what else would it be? 
I think that's a microcosm of what's happening across America. It's a big reason we keep hearing that supply chains are stretched. FedEx had to ship goods all over the place to avoid the logical Portland hub. And it's why costs are so high, especially transportation costs. This stuff is happening all over the country. It needs to end, people. So when I heard about Merck's pill, I immediately had two takeaways. One, buy the travel and leisure stocks, which happened, well, that was done by 10 a.m. And two, buy anything with supply chain problems, particularly the industrials, because those problems could go away. That takeaway, which includes the likes of a Honeywell or a Boeing or a GE, well, that's just getting started. Now, for weeks, I've been warning you that the market tends to enter a period of sustained weakness from the second half of September. Remember, we said September 17 to early October. Now, that's been the seasonal pattern since 1998, according to Larry Williams, the legendary technician whose pandemic era predictions are unparalleled. So is the Merck COVID drug a total game changer that will let us escape from the sell off early? Or is today's rally a misdirection play that will scalp you because the late September swoon typically extends through the first week of October? I thought about this all day. All day as part of this, the investment club that we're going to hear about, it's in my head. Now, it's probably a bit of both. That's what's going to happen. Some good and some bad. I say that because this market has the attention span of a monarch butterfly. So come Monday, I'm betting we'll forget Merck's antiviral and start worrying about the painful, ridiculous comedy of errors as Congress tries to pass an infrastructure bill and raise the debt ceiling in a permanent fashion. We know they've got it till December. And I don't know. I mean, you look, you, you know as well as I do. It, it's just we don't have any clue of what's really going to happen. If our elected leaders fail, it'll take us back down on the roller coaster, even as we know that we'll finally have an effective COVID pill within a month or two. But even if Congress can pass something, anything, it will quickly, it's going to quickly lose our attention, too. Why is that? Because earnings season is about to take center stage. We also might get some box office numbers for the movie Venom. I bet it's going to be a huge hit, maybe the biggest since the pandemic, at least based on what I heard from Adam Aaron, the CEO of AMC, at the corporate governance conference I ran yesterday. I know AMC is as speculative as it gets, up more than 1,700% for the year. But when you think of Merck's new antiviral, I mean, don't you think that's going to be huge for the movie theaters? However... If you're more risk averse, like me with my charitable trust, the best way to play the movie business is to buy Disney. For years, I've talked about my charitable trust and the recommended list that surrounds it. That's more important. I've now brought it to CNBC in my new investing club. I am so excited about the prospect of you joining the most interactive stock club, which is a virtual school of investing. We figured that COVID was going to peak, so we pulled the trigger on Disney after having that bullpen for a bit. And remember, it got crushed recently off a, uh, a core that people didn't really like. Well, anyway, now that Merck's got something close to a cure, I bet the stock's got a lot more upside. So stay tuned for our deeper bulletin on the company if you're a club member. And keep looking at your inbox for updates. We send them all the time. Here's a hint. We think Disney goes much higher in a post-COVID world, even higher than where it was today at the go-out. On Tuesday morning, PepsiCo reports, and while I expect good numbers, I'm also worried about freight costs and supply chain issues that I just mentioned. So even if Pep gives you an upside surprise, I fear the rally will be short-lived. That said, I think it's a great long-term story. Don't get me wrong, but it's got an almost 3% yield. By the way, if you stick around, we're going to hear from Curing Dr. Pepper later in the show, the beverage company that's increasingly taking share directly from Coke and Pepsi. Now, I don't know about you, but I, have you been watching Europe lately? We're watching Europe. Uh, Tuesday, we get a bunch of numbers. It's going to give us a read on their economies. I've become much more constructive in Europe ever since they leapfrogged us on vaccination rates. Do you know that Portugal is now the most vaccinated country in the world? Isn't that amazing? 
If we get good economic data, I want to take a look at Banco Santander. Now, Banco Santander is a Spanish bank with a $3.65 stock that I think might be ready for a serious move. Now, I got to speak to Anna Boutin, who runs Banco Santander. For a brief moment in my conference yesterday, call got cut up, but I'd done a lot of homework going into my interview. And I, since then, I've been debating putting Santander in my club bullpen with, uh, with Jeff Marks, who has worked with me for years. And, you know, we got a slew of ideas that we might add to the charitable trust, and club members love the preview. You can join me by heading to uh, cmc.com slash investing club or putting your phone up to the QR code which is right next to me, right next to me, over here. Right, I got it right. Oh, fantasy. I can do fantasy after the show. On On Wednesday, we hear from two Kramer faves, Levi Strauss and Constellation Brands. From Constellation SDZ, I'm expecting some very good Corona Medellin numbers. As people are beginning to go out more, I do wonder whether Delta cut in, but now we got to be thinking about post-Delta. Now, uh, I do think that we should feel all more confident about going out with Merck's new Andrew Viral. As for Levi's, I bet the results are going to be fabulous because we're in a denim wave. Every few years, we catch one of these periods where jeans become wildly popular, and, and you have to surf it with Levi's. I only like to wear suits. I never like to be out of my suit. But some people wear jeans that I know. Thursday morning, Conagra reports, so can this packaged food company finally get out of the doghouse, the likes of which General Mills was able to do? No, I don't think so. I don't trust the pantry stocks. Uh, industry's plagued by these supply chain woes, and I'm sick of hearing about them. It's like, oh, well, the plastic or the supply or the freight. Give me something that doesn't have that. I'd rather chase the reopening plays, the Disney's, that uh, light at the end of the COVID tunnel isn't from an oncoming locomotive when it comes to Disney. Finally, on Friday, we get the most important piece of data of the month. We get the non-farm payroll report. What do we need to see here? Well, we need a Goldilocks employment number. Not too hot, not too cold. That would be plus 500,000, by the way. So that Fed Chief Jay Powell can keep the inflation hawks at bay while we wait for the economy to reopen full time. By the way, I'm looking at Merck's antiviral as a better weapon against inflation than multiple rate hikes, because people will be far more willing to work if they know they can just take a test and pop a pill. Like it or not, it's a much easier sell than the vaccine to a large swath of this population in this country. Remember, October is not as treacherous as September, despite what you might have heard, although the beginning of the month sure is. Now, I am thrilled by this Merck's news, but I will also tell you that I expect profit-taking next week as investors refocus on earnings that reflect the worst days of the Delta variant. And, oh, yeah, we got the comedy of errors. That is Congress. But the bottom line, if you can take Merck's COVID pill right after you test positive, then COVID becomes easy to treat. That means the pandemic will soon be a thing of the past and stocks will be a thing of the future. I feel like going to Brook in New York. Brook. Thank you for taking my call, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. You are a smart man, and I have followed your advice over the years. Thank you. I bought Sony stock because of the popularity of PlayStation. I followed your smart advice and slowly built a position in Sony. The stock has been rising, and I have a nice return. With the holiday season coming, should I sell Sony or hold it? I actually think you left off the better alternative, which is to buy it. I think Sony's worth a great deal more. I've felt this for a very long time since I saw breakup analysis that put it well north of 100. I think you should own Sony, and I think you should buy Sony, even if it just dips a bit. Let's go to Judd in California. Judd. 
Hi, Mr. Kramer. Booyah. Booyah, I'm a Judd. I'm viewer. I am long in um, I'm long in L3 Harris, and I am wondering what you're thinking in picking up some more positions in it is. I don't want you to buy more because I'm very worried about the prospects of the defense budget and what's going on is too crazy in Washington. This has tremendous momentum because it's a merger of two very good companies. But I, I have to tell you, I would much rather see you in a Honeywell or a Boeing than I would in L. Three Harris. Simple LA checks, by the way. All right, the Merck COVID pill could mean that the pandemic could soon be a thing of the past, or at least it'll stop tyrannizing our brain. Stocks, they're the thing of the future. Oh, man, money today. In the midst of a correction, it's time to be at defensive. Well, I don't know. How about curing Dr. Pepper? Maybe that's the way to go. I'm checking in with the CEO, fresh off the company's really incredible investor day. Get the latest on scoring portfolio. And last night, we found out Five Nine and Zoom terminated their agreement. After 5.9, shareholders rejected the deal as a being way too low. So what's next for the cloud contact center that we've liked so much? Well, we got to find out. I'm talking to 5.9's top brass, Mr. Trollop himself. And Solid Power hopes to take advantage of an EV future. So what should you make of the solid state battery company ahead of its SPAC merger for 10 bucks? I've got the CEO. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to Indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We finally made it through September, and the market's making a comeback. But we still got worries. Snaggled supply chains, rising raw costs, and the looming debt ceiling fiasco. So could this be a good time to buy some safety stocks? Take one that has been a favorite of ours since it came public. Take Keurig Dr. Pepper. The beverage colossus formed three years ago when Keurig, the single cup coffee machine kingpin, merged with the old Dr. Pepper Snapple. Today, the company held an investor meeting where they rolled out some really good long-term targets. Managers looking for mid-single-digit sales growth and high-single-digit earnings growth with $4 billion in discretionary cash flow over the next three years. They want to use that money to reward shareholders either with special dividends, maybe buybacks or how about an acquisition? Could be up to $20 billion worth. Not only is this a safety stock, it's a safety stock that knows how to grow. But don't take it from me. 
Earlier today, we got a chance to speak with someone I have liked for many years. And wherever he's been, I've recommended his stock. And it's Bob Gamgort, the chairman and CEO of Keurig Dr. Pepper. Take a look. Mr. Gamgort, welcome back to Man Money. Thank you, Jim. Great to be here. All right. So, you know, from the day you took this job, I backed this idea. We even talked about when to do it because of the dividend. We didn't want people to buy it at the wrong time. A lot of people were doubters. How did the doubters do since you came public in this in this form? Well, we've delivered tremendous financial return for those who believed in us. So our total shareholder return since we merged the two companies three years ago is about 85 percent. We've delivered 25 percent over the past year, and year-to-date, we're up 7%. So I don't know about the doubters, but the believers were rewarded for their confidence in us. I like the combination. Some people said, well, look, what is it? Is it a, is it a carbonated company? Is it a hardware company? What the heck is it? Is it a two-headed company? It turned out that the vision was real. Yeah, it's a beverage company. And what we thought was the opportunity was that everybody historically had looked at beverage in these silos, which is the way the manufacturers thought about it, but not consumers. And by creating a holistic beverage company, we saw tremendous opportunity to serve consumers and retailers better. And that's exactly what's played out for us. All right. So so you had this huge meeting and you've got some new financial targets. Uh, To me, it sounds even more exciting, uh, but I want you to share them with everybody. Sure. So we, you know, in the uh, recent three years, that great financial return was driven by accelerating growth combined with synergies and margin expansion. And one of the questions was, what happens when you're done with the integration and the synergies? And that's what we rolled out today. So our expectation is to continue with that, that accelerated growth, mid-single-digit revenue growth, delivers high single-digit earnings per share, which gives high single-digit, low-double-digit total shareholder return with the dividends. But what's really exciting is this algorithm, which has always generated great free cash. We shift the use of that cash from paying down debt, because we're at a great level now, to be a, being able to deploy it in M&A, to potentially share buybacks and other inorganic opportunities to drive incremental growth above that algorithm. All right. Now, I want to talk about the actual curing. Uh, I've been talking to the, the folks at, at, at Bed Bath & Beyond, and they had a very tough appliance market. Very tough. I know that they are a huge Keurig seller. Uh, Can I extrapolate anything about maybe uh, the month being weaker or is that just maybe they didn't have the traffic at at Bed Bath? Yeah, I can't speak specifically to Bed Bath. And they were one of the original Keurig retailers. Um, But our business continues to be really strong. We add about two million new households per year. And we've been doing that for years and expect to do it uh, in the into the future. Last year, we added 3 million new Keurig households to reach 33 million total installed households in the U.S. People were concerned that was a pull forward. This year, we talked about it. We're not ready to give the final number. We said we're going to deliver a minimum of 2 million new households in 2021. So we we see no signs of that slowing down at all. All right. Now, I'm going to be a little critical for a second. Uh, And I've known you since the days. My wife's on the board of Bucknell. We've known each other for a very long time. Uh, recently, uh, my housekeeper broke the uh, she. Well, I mean, I'm showing it to everybody the crap uh, uh, of the one that you showed me on air, which was a, you could do both. You could do a single yes. or you could or, or you could get the whole pot. Uh, and I said, look, I, I can't live without it. I need it. I need it fixed right now. And she said, I'll go to I'll go to uh, to Bed Bath. Sure enough, Bob, you've got one that's half the size. 
and it's got a metal yeah. pot, so it can't bro. How come I, people don't know about this? How come I didn't know about it? I am Mr. Keurig, and I didn't know about half the footprint. Unbelievable, really fast, stays hot, can't break it. Why do I have well, to learn from a broken carafe? Well, I hope you don't have to learn from it that way. But every year, our machines get better. So they add new features, new benefits. They're more reliable than ever. And so I, I think every time you come back to your retailer or you go on Keurig.com or other uh, e-commerce sites, you're always going to see the next generation of brewers, which will be better, sleeker. And now our latest has connectivity to the Internet to give you a completely new experience. And that's going to continue into the future. And that's what drives people back into Keurig every single year. Well, it, it, you have to check because the innovation is amazing. Now, I've got I've got buy boost in front of me. I've been looking for a new one. After I work out. All right. I've been using a bunch of 80 calorie ones from another company. Uh, this one seems to have everything I need, but it's only 10 calories. A new uh, this is the kind of thing I now expect from you guys every year uh, to augment my A&W. I got zero sugar now, which is incredibly tasty. And everybody knows at this office that my real love is DDP. And I have a sign that I just hold up that says DDP, which is Diet Dr. Pepper. Your drinks, are, your drink, drink franchise is stronger than ever, isn't it? Absolutely. We've, we've gained share of total liquid refreshment beverages. That's everything uh, over the past three years. We've gained significant share, almost two share points of carbonated soft drinks. And we continue to add new uh, brands and we add new benefits to our existing brands. And Byboost is a great example. We're the number two player now in premium water. And we see opportunity to add new brands and also expand like we did with Byboost and bring new benefits, in this case, uh, some caffeine to it. Uh, so that it's a great after-workout drink for you. And, oh, it really is. It really is. And I don't want – there's another one that has it that I crash and burn right after. I can't do that. DTC, uh, seeing more and more of you guys, a direct-to-consumer, and a lot of them, uh, I only bought coconut water. I've never bought coconut water at the store. I've only bought it online. How's it going? Yeah, well, more than 10% of our total company sales comes from e-commerce, uh, and that expands at, uh, you know, at a great rate every year. Now, COVID was an accelerator, but there's no signs of that going backwards because the consumers figured out that having the product delivered directly to their home is a benefit. The origins of Keurig were very strong in e-commerce. We've now applied that to our total beverage portfolio. And we really believe we're the leader, certainly in food and beverage, uh, if not CPG, in e-commerce. And we see no signs of that slowing down. Uh, last is that when you were able to see each other in the afternoon, I like an iced coffee and I see I got Pete's iced coffee, which would be a true delight. Iced coffee is the hottest drink on earth right now. How's Pete's doing? Pete's is doing well. It started in California in a regional launch and we got great traction there. We're now expanding it. It's a premium brand. And in addition to having it in a ready drink format, if you notice a number of our cured machines also have a brew over ice capability, and we've introduced pods that are designed for brew over ice. So whether you have it in ready to drink and you want to make it at home, we want to be able to satisfy coffee needs uh, of all forms, especially cold, which, as you point out, is a growing trend. Well, no, I have to. Everyone should understand. I back this for two reasons. One, I'm a huge user of the product. But two is the man you just saw, Bob Gamworth. This is fresh off his analyst day. He's an unbelievable consumer products guy who has made growth. He makes growth by making things that you want. Bob Gamworth, it's always great to see you. Thanks, Jim. 
Keurig Dr. Pepper, a terrific kind of stock that you can put in your portfolio and just watch it climb over time. Stay with Kramer. Coming up, after five nine shareholders decided there's no room for Zoom, should investors get back to working nine to five to find their next big winner? Kramer gets answers next. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. In July, we learned about one of the biggest mergers of the year when Zoom Video announced its acquisition of Kramer Fave 5.9, the cloud-based software platform for call centers. Oh, this was an all-stock deal that valued 5.9 at roughly $200 per share. However, since then, Zoom stock has plummeted to the point where the deal only valued 5.9 at $142 per share when Zoom was at its lows earlier this week. Rather than a premium, they're actually going to get a discount. So last night they terminated the deal, couldn't get the votes. Immediately, six analysts upgraded 5.9 to buy. That's correct, because the stock is no longer shackled to Zoom, and it rallied nearly 5% today. But can it keep climbing in a market that hasn't been too friendly to growth stories? Let's check in with Rowan Trollope. And Rowan is the CEO of 5.9 to get a better sense of where his company's headed. Mr. Trollope, welcome back to Mad Money. Uh, hey, Jim. Nice to see you again. Thanks for having me back. OK, so, Ron, I went over the documents, the conference call of when you uh, were merging with Zoom, and I was so thrilled. And I'll tell you why I was thrilled, because I had been concerned that Cisco was going up against this new company, Five9 and Zoom. And I felt like you guys really had the edge because you get it, you, know, you get it from the meeting side, get it from the call center side. It was brilliant. And now I'm trying to figure out whether it, it, it two, I thought two plus two was five. And now I feel like two uh, separate from two it, it doesn't give you much. Tell me why this deal wasn't the deal was brilliant, Rowan. It was. How come it couldn't happen? Look, I, I think it's just what you said before as you were introducing me. I mean, you know, we had a situation where when we originally inked the deal, it was a $210 notional value on our stock. We got a lot of feedback from our investors. They love our company. So do we. And, you know, they made it very clear, especially after, you know, Zoom's earning announcement, uh, you know, where they had to reset their, their outlook that, uh, you know, that they had confidence in our business. And so we made sure to just pass all that information on uh, and certainly appreciated our, our shareholders perspective on that. And, and ultimately, right, um, you know, we we set the number that was appropriate to the value of the business. And, and uh, you know, we had to ultimately uh, let the shareholders vote. And they made it clear that that was, you know, that the, that the the offer from Zoom wasn't going to cut it. So but now if I look at what you guys are going to do alone, you talk about in the release that you're going to continue to work with Zoom. So I'm trying to. Yeah. So 
But the relationship, it's not broken. It's not bitter. I mean, why would you continue in the release to say, hey, listen, they're still going to be our partner? You know, Eric, uh, Zoom have been a friend to us. They've been a good partner. They still they need a contact center. Uh, you know, they need a con- they need more than one contact center. They need contact center partners to help them be able to land their UC deals. In order for them to keep selling UC, they need to have contact center. And so, you know, look, there's no acrimony. Uh, it is what it is. Eric is a friend of mine. We are we are parting ways amicably. Uh, we will partner with them and uh, and look forward to, of course, operating independently. Now, is it definitely over? And the reason I just put it like that is because I really believe that Zoom needed to be more than just a product. You make someone a platform. You make someone an ecosystem. If I were another company who wanted to be in this business, I would be concerned and get a bid in right now for Five Nine to create a platform. I mean, isn't it dangerous for Zoom to not make this happen? You know, I'm I'm not too focused on that to be honest. <laughs> we we were never selling our company, right? I mean, we were approached by Zoom. We were approached by another party uh, that we referred to in our in our proxy. We had a responsibility to take those seriously. We did ultimately look at Zoom as being the one that made the most sense, sort of from a long term perspective. But ultimately, we gave our our shareholders a chance to speak and. And, you know, our focus, Jim, has been much more on execution. So we have not taken our foot off the gas in this company. We have been absolutely driving from from day one, from the time we announced this. Uh, The team has been focused. We've really had no attrition. Uh, And that's been where I've had my attention. Uh, We're not really looking at anything else right now. Just uh, just getting, you know, keeping keeping our business, uh, you know, rolling as it was rolling before. We've talked about that. That's the focus we have right now. You know, it's just you say that, Ron. I've got four reports in front of me. All of them said that your business accelerated during this period. It's highly unusual. Most companies do not accelerate when they're about to turn, you know, about to merge. So what is it? Is it just new customers? Is it uh, getting more business out of existing customers? How is it happening? Yeah, it's it's a lot of new. You know, I think that the post pandemic, really, the, the tipping point towards cloud has been achieved. And we're starting to see more and more large enterprises move onto our platform. Our LTM enterprise subscription growth. You know, has been you know getting up almost to fifty percent LTM. So we're really, really crushing it there. Uh, so it's really that enterprise sales motion that's been doing so well for us. And we, you know, we wanted to stay through this period, not get distracted. We didn't jump the gun whatsoever. We kept our heads down and kept executing. Um, and ultimately, that's a good thing as we now are emerging as a standalone company. And, and look, our investors have been extremely supportive. Um, and I want to thank our investors, frankly. Um, you know, they were there for us before they've been there through through this process. And, you know, we've been talking, I've been talking to a lot of the shareholders, uh, Jim, over the last 24 hours, and just a tremendous amount of support uh, and a rally for 5.9. So, so I want to thank all of them for that. Well, uh, candidly, Ron, I thought because you guys had accelerated to 44% year-over-year revenue growth, which was extraordinary, I was surprised at how little the stock was up today. I think there should be, I mean, some of these people obviously uh, left the story because they felt you would be, go- be gone. But with your business accelerating and perhaps uh, a return to some of the growth stocks that people like, uh, you should get a much higher multiple than you did before this. Well, I'm, I'm not smart enough to comment on stock prices, Jim, but uh, <laughs> but I would say, um, you know, we'll let the market decide that we're just focused on driving our business and making customers happy. I, I also want to say, look, you know, part of the execution and not skipping a beat was really about our employees. And they have been incredible through this process. We've actually added a record number of new employees actually since we announced 
uh, this transaction. We've, you know, we've been continuing to hire. We've hired over 500 people in the last 12 months, you know, since before we mm-hmm. spoke to you last. And so the business has just been doing great. Uh, and, and I really have to say credit and huge kudos to our employees who have done an amazing job. I mean, that, that kind of progress and traction in the face of, you know, an announcement like this, uh, that's not very usual. And that's a directly a testament to uh, the quality and the commitment of the 5-9 uh, well, employees. I, I have to believe that, that they saw a clear plan to deliver with or without Zoom. Because that's right. otherwise you would just say, you know what, the plan was... And now there's a new plan. And they must have been looking at this as being either way. I want to be with five, not. You got that right. It's very consistent. And, and they've been incredibly uh, supportive on this journey. Well, I've been supportive the whole journey. And I got to tell you, I think the stock yeah. should have been up 12 or 15 points. Wouldn't surprise me if you don't pick up another 10 points Monday and Tuesday. This is a very, right. very <laughs> great, great thing for five, nine. And I was afraid you were going to get sold too cheaply. Congratulations for independence. Hardly ever say that. But congratulations to Rowan Trollope, CEO of Five Nine. Great to see you. Thank you, Jim. Stay with me, everyone. Coming up, can this new breed of power player fuel your portfolio to a sustainable future? Kramer's got the CEO. Batteries not included. Next. of the auto industry belongs to electric vehicles. But ever since the SPAC meltdown earlier this year, investors have shied away from the more speculative EV plays. And that might be creating some opportunities. We know the biggest bottleneck for electric vehicles is the battery. Lithium-ion batteries are too heavy, too expensive, too weak, and most important, too flammable. Fortunately, there's an alternative in the works, solid-state battery technology that's lighter, cheaper, longer-lasting, and much less likely to catch on fire. Only problem is Wall Street got burned by solid-state developers like QuantumScape when they soared to ridiculous levels at the height of the SPAC mania and then collapsed, along with everything else. But now there's a solid-state battery play with zero hype, and it's called Solid Power, which is coming public via deep merger of a merger with Decarbonization Plus Acquisition Corp. 3. I know, it's a mouthful. But the symbol's DCRC. These guys have development agreements with Ford and BMW, which suggests this one's legit. Even better, when the stock was announced in June, the stock briefly jumped from $10 to $13 before sinking back to 10 where it is right now. So could this be a buying opportunity? Let's take a closer look with Doug Campbell, the co-founder and CEO of Solid Power, for more about the business and his vision for the future. Mr. Campbell, welcome to Mad Money. Jim, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Okay, so tell me why Solid Power's got a different and better approach for the, the companies that want so much to be EV. Yeah, no, absolutely. It really is our platform technology, um, which can really plug in uh, really any of the electrode chemistry, uh, virtually any electrode chemistry that a customer uh, uh, requests, uh, thereby delivering on the automotive specification and then combining it with a technology that is highly manufacturable, our definition of which is can uh, be produced in a manner that looks virtually identical to, uh, to what is done in today's gigafactories. So with a value proposition that we could simply step right into either existing or contemplated gigafactories and switch those over from lithium ion to solid state. Okay, so uh, mouthful, but I I went to Jim Farley today, who's the CEO of Ford. And I said, 
why do you like solid power? And he told me this, and you're going to translate it for me, okay? He said, we like solid power (laughs) as they have made it through the laboratory phase for their cells. As well, the process works well with the existing lithium-ion NCM manufacturing process, so we don't waste our just-announced manufacturing process and facilities, which means what? What that means is that they have designed uh, production facilities and are constructing those production facilities around industry standard lithium ion that includes an NCM cathode active material. That's pretty much industry standard for cells going into vehicles. And so the reason Mr. Farley likes solar power is we are not rendering any of those uh, investments obsolete. We can leverage those, uh, those infrastructure investments. Now, QuantumScape came on, and they have a very uh, similar series of uh, sound, sounding things. In other words, they're probably different. I want you to tell me why, where you differ from QuantumScape and why the, uh, let's say, the performance may be better uh, because of the relationship you have versus what they have. Yeah, well, I would say our key advantage is industrialization, that we have already achieved industrialization, not that industrialization as planned. And to be more specific, literally sitting 30 feet from where I am speaking to you from today is our fully operational megawatt hour scale roll to roll production line that mirrors lithium ion production. So we are producing batteries at preliminary scale today. All right. Well, here's some things that I'm worried about besides scale. I'm worried about EV fires. You better or worse than we have right now. Substantially better. So basically, in a solid state battery, we have replaced that volatile inflammable liquid and gel polymer electrolyte with a very stable uh, solid ion conducting material, in our case, a sulfide-based ion conducting material, such that under standard abuse conditions such as crush, nail penetration, et cetera, our cells may still fail, but they do so in a very benign, non-catastrophic manner instead. uh, So in other words, instead of a thermal runaway on your hands, you simply have a dead brick. Wow. Okay. Well, how about uh, price? Because you know these things need to come down 50%. Uh, it, in order to be able to get this thing going? I mean, what, where, where can they really go down? How much can they go down? And how much can they go down in weight? Because we know that weight's an issue and price is an issue. Yep, weight, volume, and price. So, you know, it's interestingly, I tell my team here at Solid Power that we're in the business of delivering on dollars per kilowatt hour. Let's never forget that. And in our case, solid state is simply a means to, to get there. The way we deliver uh, on uh, very low dollars per kilowatt hours, first of all, taking advantage of being in solid state form. Now that we're uh, inherently safer, as well as having far superior high temperature stability in comparison to today's lithium ion, uh, we believe and our OEM partners believe that the design of future EV battery packs incorporating solid state batteries will be substantially simpler. Things like pack cooling uh, could potentially be eliminated along with a lot of safety features. So that would drive down the cost uh, at the at the pack level, looking even further afield, just this morning, we announced a very sizable uh, contract uh, from the federal government, specifically from IARPA. And the focus of that work was actually to displace what uh, Jim Farley mentioned, that NMC-based cathode active material uh, with an extremely low-cost conversion cathode chemistry. When I say extremely, I mean we could potentially reduce the cost of cathode active material by over 90%. Um, And these are cathode active materials. There's no nickel, there's no cobalt. These are made from earth abundant materials. Well, I've got to tell you, uh, this one, there there was a lot of disappointment 
Uh, and maybe what the disappointment has done is brought down a company like Solid Power, whose stock should be a lot higher. I want to thank Doug Campbell, co-founder, chairman, CEO of Solid Power. You heard Ford's endorsement. You do the homework. I think this sounds like a really good, inter- very interesting situation. Thank you so much for, for coming on Mad Money, sir. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Wow. I don't know. $10 got the endorsement of Ford much cheaper. No fire, no real fire worries. I think this one might be for real. Their money's back at the break. Coming up, a storm is coming. So give us a call. Kramer's got the answers to all your burning questions. The lightning round is next. Gary Florida. Gary! Hi, a first-time caller, Kramer. All right. Uh, I bought a pipeline company. Uh, it pays a great 8% dividend, and all the analysts say buy it, but it's slowly flipped in value ever since I bought it. I uh, wonder what you thought of Enterprise Products Partners. Look, I don't, I, Enterprise, I have, it happens to be the, one of the best of the mass departures, but I do not like that group. They should be doing better given the fact that it's very hard to build a pipeline. I wouldn't be that concerned about this, but I just don't like the group. I just don't. Let's go to Jack in New York. Jack! Mr. Kramer. Yes. I have, uh, I have a question for you about my stock, but more importantly, I just want to let you know, my daughter met you in the city, and you couldn't have been kinder, nicer, more gracious, and so generous with your time oh, towards geez. us. So you are very I just want to get to that out of that. the way and tell you I thank you as a father. Well, I, I hope, I'm glad that I was polite. That's the way my mom brought me up, and that's the way and, I'm and always going to be. Thank you. Thank you. My, my stock is uh, Penn. Can I say hello to Arnie, Gary, and Bill? Yeah, absolutely. Arnie got three of my faves. Uh, Penn Nat is good. It's gambling season right now. A lot of, I think a lot of the Robin Hood types are over there doing it with the Penn Nat. Uh, and I think Penn Nat is doing great. And that, ladies and gentlemen, of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, it's a special edition of No Huddle. Kramer opens up the phone lines to hear from you next. Monday, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. October 22nd is not that far away. Yeah, yeah. No. 22 days, I think, actually, if I'm <laughs> correct by my math here. Oh, you got it. Yeah, it's October yeah. today. Well, you really just must have done well in that class. You know it. Wow. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. Today is an exciting day at CNBC, an exciting day for me, too. We officially launched the CNBC Investing Club, and this is an opportunity to get daily emails and a lot more from yours truly. You'll be able to see exactly how I'm investing in my chapel trust. And yes, I'll also tell you when I screw up, how it went wrong. Total transparency. Join my mailing list by going to CNBC.com slash investing club or easily scan the QR code, which will take you right there. 
Club is going to be interactive and influenced by you. You know how I like to do it that way. So tonight, we wanted to celebrate this new venture by opening up the phone lines and hearing the voices from you, Kramerica, which just got a lot bigger. So let's start with Mark in Florida. Mark. Hi, Jim. I hope you're doing a lot better than my portfolio. <laughs> well, we're certainly uh, going to try, Mark, and I'm sure you're okay. doing well. How can I help? All right. My question is about a stock you like, uh, but it's really getting hammered. I can find no horrible news about it, just a limited supply of, car- of used cars and chips and implied volatility in the sector, but that hasn't had a severe impact on most of the auto stocks. Now, it's rated highly by analysts and expanding rapidly with lots of new dealership acquisitions. So I've been buying it as it declines. What's, what's your outlook for Lithia Motors? Oh, look, I like Lithia. I think that this stock has had such a huge run that it's just kind of cooling off. Now, there are a lot of people who feel that once the chip uh, shortage ends, that used cars will go down in value. Uh, I think that I beg to differ. The chip shortage is not going to end until mid-2022. So I think Lithia is in very good shape, and I suggest that you stick with it. Let's go to Allen in California. Allen. Booyah to you, Mr. Kramer. Booyah, Allen. What's long- going on? Oh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Just first want to thank you for everything you do for us. Your knowledge is greatly appreciated. I'm calling about the precious metal miner company. It's pulled back about 28% off its high back in May. Barrett Gold, G-O-L-D. Should I add to my position? You know, Gold. it's interesting. I, I obviously work for the, uh, the Travel Trust. It's now going to be part of the, invest, you know, the investing club here. And I feel like we have to have a gold stock. But I haven't been willing to pull the trigger because I keep watching how crypto goes higher. And it seems to be replacing gold. So what's happened is I've been taking a pass. But if you want gold, that is the best way to be. And I really think in that sense, uh, it's 17 bucks. Not so bad. Conrad in New York. Conrad. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How about you, Conrad? All right. Great. Uh, Jim, I wanted to get your opinion on Con Edison. Uh, with all the electric vehicles, where do you see it going in the next year? Okay, at uh, 4.3% yield, it's not bad. It's well off its high. But you know what? We vastly prefer American electric power. And that's because it's got much better regulation, a much better, uh, I'd say, uh, situation with the regulators in all its different states. It's incredibly well run. And we just think that Nick Akins does a fantastic job. So I want you to be an AEP. Not in Con Ed. Mike in Georgia. Mike. Yes, my stock is about Zillow with interest rates rising. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Okay, Thanks. Zillow. I mean, this is a good example of, of the investing club. I would not want to own a stock like Zillow going into a rate hike scenario. They bought, they're in this home business now. They're flipping homes. It's not for me. We heard uh, Ms. Zellman last Friday talk about a very dire situation for housing. I don't think things would be that bad, but I don't want to go against her and buy Zillow. How about David in my old home state of Pennsylvania? David. Booyah, Jimmy. This Bo- is David from Irwin, Pennsylvania. All right. How have you been? I'm doing good. First time caller. And a long-time disciple. Excellent. You're the best. Thank you. My question is about Palantir. The company reported good earnings in August, has recently risen to $29 a share. In the past week, it's dropped to the 23 24 range. 
for no apparent reason. In fact, this week, the company received a non-competitive order from the National Institute of Health for $36 million. Who gets non-competitive bids? Well, okay, but let me tell you what I think is going on. Palantir's got a lot of hot money in it. Now, some people call it mean. That's ridiculous. I'm tired of that term. It doesn't mean anything. It's got hot money. People don't really know what you know. They just bought it because they thought it was going higher. You know that there's a lot of thought it was going to go higher stocks out there. That's my new long form name for meme. And so you don't want to be in there because the fellow shareholders are just too skittish the moment the stock goes down. And I want to thank you, America, and get in on the action. Remember to join my mailing list by going to cnbc.com slash investing club, our club, or scan the QR code, which will take you right there the easiest way. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.